0: Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hello, Car Wash Nation. This is David Begin. Welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. How's everybody doing? We're at the end of June 2019, and. Uh, we should be washing our summer cars. I know been talking to a lot of my colleagues in the Midwest talking about how much rain they've had. They said it's been rain events that have rivaled 140 years, which uh, is an awful lot of rain. So hopefully you've got your unlimited plans up and running and you're taking advantage of that. That's a great way to sort of smooth out the Highs and lows of car washing, and uh, it's been a game changer for us in the last three years. So hopefully you're thinking about your unlimited program and you're getting that up and running and you've got a lot of customers and you've got predictable revenue. We'll do a podcast on that a little later on, but uh, we're finally hitting summer here in Colorado. We've, I think this Friday we're going to hit our first 90 degree day, which we usually have had a handful by now, but uh, it's been a really cool and wet spring and summer, and uh, but that's okay because uh, we're still washing cars and we still got great membership, so that's been good. Today I'm gonna talk about a, a topic called fringe time and it's, it's an article, it was an article I read on a, a website called Medium, that talked about uh, the, the use of our fringe time. And you know, most of us will have projects and goals out there that we just don't get completed for one reason or, a number or, or another, you know, a lot of it is maybe we're way too busy Uh, In some cases, we're just feeling overwhelmed, and I think Henry and I, in in the next couple of weeks, are going to do a podcast on overwhelm, the whole issue of being overwhelmed and how to combat that, because I know that's a big problem. With a lot of us in the car wash industry, we just have way too many things to do, and we never get through our to-do list. We're going to talk about overwhelm, but I would also say, if you're listening to this podcast, we're probably also a planner. You're a person that likes to do planning, you like to get yourself organized, You know, we do use different techniques for planning. A lot of us might use calendars, uh, paper calendars, electronic calendars. I like to use Outlook. That's kind of how I do my planning. We've been using Asana to kind of keep track of my long-term and short-term to-do list. Uh, But yet, you know, for whatever reason, we can't really get the projects that we want to get completed completed that really would help us move the needle in terms of our businesses as well as our personal lives. And we get frustrated with that. And this whole concept of Fringe Time is, take a look at your calendar. So I'm gonna pull up my calendar right now online. I know that's a a podcast no-no, but I'm gonna go ahead and do it. But I'm looking at my calendar for the next two or three days and I notice, you know, I've got a lot of things booked for the next couple days. But I've got like blocks of time. I've got a couple hours here, an hour and a half here, an hour, an hour, half an hour, an hour and a half, an hour, that's just what's available in the next two days. And the whole concept of fringe time is, you know, we've planned all these different meetings or events that we have to be at or attend or the telephone calls we have to do, but we do have gaps in those particular schedules that we could be taking advantage of to get some of these projects done. And a lot of experts have realized that what we're doing in these fringe hours will determine a lot of the outcomes in our business and our personal lives. And if you take the old 80-20 rule, where 80% of the things get done in 20% of the time, and 20% of things get done in 80% of the time, I think these fringe hours really are, is a real opportunity for us to really move the needle forward both in our personal and professional lives. If you're trying to accomplish a goal, whether it's a large goal or a small goal, I'm really thinking about this idea of fringe time as really the best way to move ahead and get ahead with that. And so the number one issue with that is that F small efforts really lead to large results? And I'm sure you probably have heard this particular question before. I'm gonna pose it to you again. But the question is, would you rather have a million dollars today, or would you rather have one penny today and double that penny for the next 31 days? Okay, so I'll ask the question again. Would you rather have a million dollars today, or would you rather me give you one penny and say you can double that penny for the next 31 days and have the result of that? Now most of us would rather take the $1 million because that's that's something we can immediately identify. We can take it and pull it off the shelf. But really they've calculated if you take a, a penny and you multiply if you multiply it by two 31 times, you'll actually end up with 10.7 million dollars. And a lot of people use that analogy to talk about the fact that small efforts, small efforts may consistently really add up to big results. You know, we always want that big home run. And a lot of us, when we create goals, we create these big audacious goals out there. And then for whatever reason, we end up falling short of that particular goal. But in many cases, you know, just getting on base, you know, is much, you know, either a home run hitter or your person that gets on base when it comes to baseball. And it seems like we always want to celebrate the big home run hitters in baseball, but the guys that are the most successful are the guys that can get on base. And if you've ever watched the movie *Moneyball*, I've been kind of watching clips of that on on uh, YouTube because I love it. I got to get the movie watched, but it's a movie that was based on the Oakland A's manager Billy Bean in the late ni- 1990s and early 2000s. And he, he him, and a, and a group of other people that were statisticians realized there were some major inefficiencies in baseball, and people were paying top dollar. To the guys that could hit the big home runs, because they thought they were the most valuable players. But they realized there was a whole bunch of players that were overlooked in baseball um, that they could get relatively cheap. They could actually accomplish the goal. And one of the great scenes out of that movie is when Billy Bean, his statistician, and all the the baseball scouts for the Oakland A's are sitting around a table deciding who they want to who they want to get uh, in the draft, who they want to get in trades, and all the scouts are talking about the attributes of players that really don't make a difference. He has a beautiful swing, was was a lot of things people said. We don't want this guy because he didn't have any confidence because he's got an ugly girlfriend. Believe it or not, that was one of the things that was said. And Billy Bean would always go back to, can the guy get on base? And every time Billy Bean suggested a player, all the scouts would groan, oh, he's, he's washed up, He's he's no good, you know. He, he's got a broken arm or whatever it was. But he said, what can that player do? And the statistician said, he can get on base. And so, you know, he actually was able to build a team around some pretty inexpensive baseball players. But he was one of the few in 2002, the Oakland Athletics became the first team in 100 plus years of the American League to win 20 consecutive games. And they won it with kind of a ragtag bunch of players, but but he was picking players for the right reasons. But, you know, he wasn't going for the big home runs. All he cared about was, could you get on base? And even one of the players would bunt all the time. So one of the big complaints the scouts were having was, well, this guy bunts all the time. Well, who cares? He gets on base. It doesn't matter. And so you've got to figure out how can you use your fringe time to just get on base and and make a difference. You don't have to hit home runs every time that you create goals out there. So... That goes back to that whole issue of small actions compounded over time will make the best results. You know, Stop worrying about you know, making the big dramatic goal of running around the world. Why don't you just make a quick goal of running down the street and running around the block? One of the things for me personally that, that shows this is cycling. So I love to cycle, I have to road bike, I'm getting into gravel biking and getting into to mountain biking. But I went on a big ride in Steamboat a couple weeks ago and i hadn't trained like i needed to so you know i was looking for a level of fitness to be able to keep up for that week they were really difficult rides they were long rides they were hard rides riding on gravel if you've never done it before it's a lot harder than riding on road because roads are typically smooth and your your bike rolls really easily but on gravel you're trying to dodge potholes there's a lot of bumpiness and it just takes more effort to pedal in gravel than it does on the road and i wasn't in great shape and uh, and i paid i felt like i really paid the price for it and, you know, the thing I love about cycling, you can't hide the fact if you've been trading or not. You either put in the time or you don't put in the time. And, you know, I've been kind of busy this spring and this fall and I really haven't had the time to put into it. And, and I always ask myself, did I put in the time necessary to do well in this ride or this race? I've got one coming up in a couple of weeks. It's going to be a difficult ride. It's called the triple bypass. And it's you're actually going over three mountain passes. But you feel like you need a triple bypass when you're done with it. But uh, it's a 120 mile ride. It's 12,000 feet of climbing. I've done it a couple times before, and I'm, I'm kind of questioning, it. have I put in the time necessary, you know, on the front end to make sure I do well in that ride? And I'm kind of questioning that right now. But that's what I love about cycling is you know, even if I get on the bike and ride for 30 or 60 minutes and I'm pedaling downstairs on my trainer and I'm not putting in a ton of effort, that's still time that I'm banking to improve my fitness and improve my, my cycling skills. Uh, so that I can do well. So you don't have to have major accomplishments. My my cycling coach will even say, you know, you're better off doing a crappy ride and not finish, you know, I'd rather you do a crappy ride than not do a ride at all. And, and it goes back to that, you know, that consistency, that small consistency over time creates big results. So what do you do? Well, you know, how do you use this fringe time? Let's talk about a couple things that we can do And, uh, you know, and I would say plan on 30 or 60 minutes. So determine what you're not getting done. So what are some projects out there that you've been procrastinating on, you've not been able to complete, Um, some goals that you've had out there that you've been struggling with, what are some things that you can do? And I'm gonna incorporate some other ideas from an individual named James Clear, who wrote a book called Atomic Habits, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. But uh, so mine is writing policy and procedures, I will admit it, I hate writing policy and procedures. I've been doing this for 13 years and I still don't feel like I've got my policy and procedures documented. So I'm going to use that for myself. So you think about what for you that you've been struggling with, you've been frustrated with. So the first thing I'm going to get you to do is take a look at your calendar, look over the next five days and decide how much, you know, fringe time do you think you have? So look at the gaps in your calendar between your meetings and decide. So just in the last, the next couple days, so today and tomorrow, I'm going to be gone on the third day, but I probably got about three or four hours that I could dedicate to fringe time if I decided I want to. So I'm going to say I'm going to dedicate three hours a week to this fringe time activity. So that's what I'm going to come up with. Now, I'm going to ask you to do something that sounds kind of crazy, but bear with me here. I want you to take that time and cut it in half for now. So if you say you're going to spend three hours a week on your fringe time activities, I'd say go ahead and spend an hour and a half on your fringe time activities. Now, the reason why I want you to do that is because most of us overestimate what we think our ability is. And it's very important when you start anything new from a habit standpoint, or you're working on a project, that you develop a successful strategy, you develop a successful regimen. And the way to do that is don't say you're gonna do, you know, three hours worth of work. Say I'm only gonna commit to 30 minutes three times a day for this particular fringe project. And then I would say don't change that time allocation for at least a, at least a month because you gotta start in re- developing and reinforcing that feeling of success. And if you, if you look at the book, Atomic Habits, great book, James Clear, get the book. It is a super book, I highly recommend it. You always wanna create it first, create goals that are so ridiculously easy to follow that you, there's no way for you, for you not to be successful. And I'll give you a couple examples. He talks about if you're going to develop a running regimen. So if you want to be a runner, he says the first thing you need to do is set a goal of getting out of bed and putting on your running shoes. And that's it. So don't do anything else. That your goal. If you get your running shoes on in the morning, you are successful. Now, two reasons, right? It's really ridiculously easy just to put on your running shoes. So that's number one. You've already hit your goal. You feel good. Okay, but feeling good and being successful does motivate you to do more. Chances are, if you're going to put on your running shoes, you're going to put on the rest of your outfit and you're probably going to go take a quick run somewhere. So just by by doing that little thing, it's going to prompt you to want to do a little bit more. But don't set larger goals for a while. Just say the goal is just to put on your running shoes. There was an example in the book that talked about a lady that, you know, kind of struggled with going to the gym. She and she lived in. Uh, a major metropolitan area, and her goal was just to get in the cab to go to the gym. So if she got in the cab to go to the gym, that was considered to be successful. So set up something that's gonna be so ridiculously easy that you're gonna be successful. You know, so it could be something like that. Are you gonna get in the cab? Are you gonna put on your shoes? That's all you wanna be able to do. If you wanna start riding, so some people you know, wanna be riders, you might set a ridiculous goal of just writing two sentences per day. So, or just sitting down in front of the computer and looking at your manuscript or looking at Word or whatever you use to write with. And don't write anything, just get it there. But again, once you get there, chances are you're probably gonna start working and getting something done, all right? So it's gonna always prompt you to do more if you need to. But, But again, take my advice, keep it simple and only create this time allocation you know, create a ridiculously small amount. So 30, three 30 minute time periods, um, you know, a week is, you know, is ridiculously simple and then just keep that for at least a month, I would recommend. So what, what are some things you can do maybe, you know, to work on that? So let's, let's talk about policy and procedures. So was, I'm coaching myself as much as I'm trying to help everybody else out, but think about if I had three 30 minute time periods within a week, Um, and I created one policy. I identified and documented one policy every 30 minutes, and I did that for, let's say, 50 weeks. So if my math is correct, I'd be able to create three policies a week, and by the end of a year, I'd have 150 policies. And that's a pretty solid policy and procedures manual, right? But again, I didn't look at the 150, because when I look at that number, the 200 or the 1,000 policies that I want to create for running a car wash, it can get relatively... Uh, you know, overwhelming and daunting. So just say, no, you know what? I'm just going to create three a week. That's the goal. And I'm not going to try to increase that. I'm going to leave it as is. If you were a writer and you were to write at 200 words a day, you know, you would be able to write a 77,000 page book or 77,000 word book in a year. And that would be an awfully big book, you know? So it's just, again, you can take any example like that. If you were to walk 30 minutes a day, you can burn up to eight pounds per year if that's all you did. Um, so, so, you know, we we, we we sometimes don't think about the small activities that we do. If you meditate 10 minutes a day, you know, well, what impact does that have on your life? And if you added that up over 365 days, you know, you'd have many, many, many hours of calm time to get your brain straight and get your mind straight. Um, so, you know, Think about those things. So what are some things you can do in your fringe time that are not maybe project related? So this is one thing I'm gonna start doing is cleaning out my email inbox. I I have never had an inbox that's been clean. I always kind of use it as my to-do list and I don't think that's a great way to do it, but I would love to have a clean inbox. So maybe I'll take 30 minutes a week and I'll cut that in half because I just told myself I'm gonna do that. So I'm gonna take 15 minutes a week and work on my inbox and, and clean out the stuff that I no longer need I'll put it in the file it needs to go into. I'll delete it if I don't need it. And if it's something that's got to be done, I'll transfer that to Asana and put it in my to-do list. So that's one thing you can do with your fringe time. The other thing I think if you're an owner or you're a manager, you know, is check your bank accounts and review your check images. So, you know, I'm a big cash management guy and I always want to look at the checks that are out there to make sure I understand where the checks are going. It's kind of a cash management technique. I also want to check credit card charges to review all the credit card charges for all the washes to make sure that people are buying the right things and they're not buying the wrong things and people aren't using the credit cards incorrectly. So I might take 30 minutes a month and and do those particular processes. Um, You know, you might take a quick walk if you're working in the office, maybe take a quick 15 minute walk or 30 minute walk during lunch would be good if you're. If you're a site manager you know, you know, you, or you're a manager at a car wash, I probably don't need to tell you to walk because you're probably running all over the place. So, but uh, you know, something like that. So there might be some other things that you think about. I don't really have time to do it or this is something I'm procrastinating on or get frustrated with. And see if you can work that into your fringe time. But I truly believe use of fringe time will make a major difference in your personal and professional life. So figure out how to use fringe time and decide to get it planned, keep it really simple for a while, get the get the success, get the m- motivation and momentum going. And I think you'll see some of these projects and things that you're able to, you feel like you're not able to accomplish, you're going to be able to accomplish. So great, thanks so much for uh, joining me on this episode. Hopefully fringe time, you know, send us a note, let us know if you've decided to do any fringe time activities. We'd love to hear from you. A couple ways you can do so, you can go to iTunes or stitcher and leave a comment. We appreciate that. It lets other people know that uh, you enjoy the podcast and you're getting value from it and uh, they should be listening to it. That helps us with our sponsors, letting us get a big audience together. And also if you'd like to go to our website, www.thehowofcarwashing.com, we have all our podcasts out there too. You can leave a comment there. If you've got any ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear from you and uh, hope things are going well for you this week. Appreciate your time, and we'll look forward to talking to you next time on The How of Car Carwashing. Thank you for listening to The How of Carwashing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Carwashing.